Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well. For once, we had that conversation with um, Mr. Woolley a few weeks ago, and he criticised me always yeah. criticising the weather. And it's, it's actually relatively mild today. There's no wind. So he'll be disappointed about sunny that. Sunny spells. Yes, sunny spells, yeah. that's right. <laughs> How are you? Exactly. Yeah, I'm very well as well. I'm super busy. I feel like November is just the busiest of months. But um, this is a little bonus episode for our listeners. So it's nice to be able to fit this in even around everything else we're doing. Uh, and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited as well. Because this has been a, There's been a lot of build-up from our side. We've been doing quite a few things behind the scenes in order to get ready for this episode. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Should we crack? Should we crack straight on? Yeah, let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. We're presenting to you Arkham in Flames, which is going to be our fan-run celebration of Arkham Horror, the card game, organised by us. We've been working on organising this for about six months now. At the time of recording, <laughs> probably like yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, from our first thoughts as to as to what we could do to uh, to where we are now. Yeah. So what is it, Peter? Just to give people the the rundown of this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to give you the highlights, the headlines first, so you get the core of the information. Then we'll go on and talk uh, about a bit more detail about why we're doing this and stuff like that. So, what is Arkham in Flames? It is going to be a fan-run celebration of Arkham Horror, the card game, uh, organised by the Drawn to the Flame podcast, which is uh, you and I, Frank. Yeah, that's why we've got flames in the title of it, right? Yeah, (laughs) we're going to burn it down. So, people love Arkham Horror the Card Game. Uh, our listeners hopefully love Arkham Horror the Card Game. What we want to do is provide a space for players in the UK, Europe, and potentially even beyond to, to gather and spend time in each other's company, play the game, celebrate how much enjoyment it's brought them. Yeah, that's, that, that's what we're really keen to do. Other card games have organised competitive play events, but there's, there's not much like that for Arkham aside from a few other events which we'll cover. Um, so this is our version of organised play for Arkham. When's it happening, Frank? So we're going to do this on Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of March next year. That's 2019. With a plan being that if you make it to London before then, we'll be meeting up on the Friday night as well to kind of plan decks, make merry in preparation So that's the plan, that weekend, Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th. And I've just given away where we're holding it. We're holding it in London. Uh, I've got a very good deal with a game shop that can give us lots of space. So it's going to be in Waterloo uh, at Darksphere. How about tickets, Peter? So we're going to be using Eventbrite for tickets, which is just an online site. It's the easiest thing to do. We've done it. I've done it with other events in the past. Uh, So if, in fact, as this announcement goes up, the ticket should be live on on Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. And if you yep. search for Arkham and Flames, you should be able to find those. We'll put links and stuff in the description and everywhere and spam those repeatedly so you won't be able to miss them. The tickets are going to cost £25, which will include... We'll talk in more detail about what it's going to include, but, but broadly that will be two days of the event with you know several things that we're arranging to run, plus mm-hmm. a handful of just participation gifts. And... These aren't official. We, we haven't got invocation kits or anything like that. It's a, outside of our price range, really, to organise things like that. But what we've got is some 
content producers, I guess you'd call them. <laughs> so, some artistic people who produce stuff for Arkham Horror uh, unofficially uh, are, are contributing their artistic talents as well. So we'll have a few little gifts from those those folks. And what we're going to do is we'll put them up on our Facebook page and stuff as, as we confirm the details. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that we're not official and I suppose we can talk in more detail now. I mean, if, you, if you've heard everything you need to hear, listener, and you want to go and buy a ticket, that would be amazing. Knowing how many numbers we have would be great. And tickets are going to be limited to, I think, 100. We, we might be able to wiggle on that if we have huge demand, but probably not likely. So if you want a ticket, go and get one right now. Delay no more. Or you can listen on and we'll talk a little bit more about what we have planned. So yeah, Peter, you mentioned that it wasn't official. So that obviously, it means we can't offer all the things that you would get at Arkham Knights UK or the original Arkham Knights in the US. So we've tried to be creative and making it worthwhile for players, but also we just really wanted to make sure that we gave people space and time to play. Like that, for me, is my underlying thing I want to do, is just make sure that people have enough time to play and we can get really good games in and things like that. So... That was part of what determined us doing it in London because it's very well connected for people to get there. And it also meant that we could use a big venue space and hopefully get 100 people together and all be playing Arkham. So that was kind of the driving force there. Yes, it's a place where one of us lives as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that worked yeah. out well. So uh, yeah, yeah. So what kind of Arkham will we, we be playing is my follow-up. Yeah, interesting you asked me that, Frank, considering... That, that we're organising this together. I'm suddenly the one who's got <laughs> Well, we, we, we've, we've got a rough plan, and it will depend on how many people buy tickets to come along. But currently our plan is to do a, a series of epic multiplayer games on the Saturday. So obviously we'll split people into pods of 12 and then into pods of 4 in that. Uh, you, you've done mm-hmm. epic multiplayer games a few times in London, Frank, yeah. and you've, I think, yeah. was the latest one 36 players? Yeah, we had 33 in the end, but it was open to 36 people, yeah. So, with 100 players, that would potentially be, what's 100 divided by 12? Well, it would be 25 sets of four. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't quite work for the numbers. <laughs> yeah, but if you've played Labyrinths already and you don't fancy Epic Multiplayer, we have other things in mind as well. So we think that Guardians of the Abyss will be out by then. So if you want to play Eternal Slumber and Knight's Usurper back-to-back, that will hopefully be a possibility. And it might be, given that it's March, that The Circle Undone will be out, which means if you want to play the beginning of The Circle Undone with people, that's a possibility as well. But with all of this, what we're going to do and will be available is a sort of sign-up sheet using Google Forms. And we'll put up all of the different options you can play in this form. And you can then fill in, okay, on the Saturday morning, I want to do X. And on the Saturday afternoon, I want to do Y. And we'll try and be as open as possible to accommodating everyone's wishes. And then similarly on the Sunday, it'll probably be a slightly later start on the Sunday, but a good four or five hours of games on the Sunday. And you can say, oh, I really want to play labyrinths on the sunday and tick a box there and we'll try and fit people together yeah absolutely broadly our intention was to do the the structured uh, epic multiplayer on the saturday and then give people space mm. to play games on the sunday but we've also got some of the stuff we want to do as well some 
non-directly Arkham LCG stuff. Yeah. So we're really keen to have potentially a, a panel, a Drawn to the Flame panel uh, on one of the days. Yeah. Can I say that? We haven't talked in too much detail about that, Frank. I'm looking forward to having all 100 people at Arkham Flames if we sell out sitting in my living room <laughs> listening to us to record. That's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, doing a panel. We have ideas We have ideas for, for quizzes and competitions yes, as well. Quiz. We've got a few ideas for prizes. And I think it's worth noting at this point as well that we've been in touch with Asmodee in the UK and they have given us their sort of implicit blessing to crack on and do it yes uh we were talking to them about arkham knights uk which sadly neither of us can make it to because of other commitments but we have been talking to them and obviously we'll see if there's anything they can do to support the event as well so we're trying to sort of keep that conversation going as best we can so even though we're not official we we at least have their blessing it's quite a nice midpoint of the year between arkham knights as yeah. well, so so it's it's not going to clash too much with with that event, which is happening fairly soon, actually, when this event, this podcast goes live. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing that we were aware of is, of course, people want to travel to the expo as well, which is normally in May. Yes, so we've tried to not just be you know the weekend before the expo or something like that to try and give people space uh, and time to play Arkham. Can I mention another couple of ideas we have for for games on the Saturday and Sunday? Yes, you can. Of course, you can. So I really want to try something called Arkham Hot Seating. Think of it as speed dating, but in Arkham. So picture the scene. You've got multiple different tables all playing The Gathering, all playing it sort of four-player, say. And you have on those tables one person who's the designated fighter and one person who's the designated clue-getter because they've brought that kind of deck. After you finish The Gathering, all of the fighters get up and move to the table to their left, and all of the clue-getters get up and move to the table to their right, and so that means for the Midnight Masks, you'll have a new fighter and a new clue getter join your group of four, and two of you will have stayed the same. So you'll meet two new players, and you'll say, well, we have this much XP to spend, and this is how well we did in the gathering, and you'll play Midnight Masks. And then after Midnight Masks, the fighters will all get up and move one table to the left, and the clue getters will all get up and move one table to the right. So you'll have a new fighter and a new clue getter for Devourer Below, and you'll work out where XP you have and things like that. So hopefully in that way you'll meet a bunch of new people for a scenario and I, th- I think doing it in that setting maybe is brief enough that that could be an afternoon's play <laughs> yeah, and yeah. get to know people. <laughs> so that's one thing I think we could do that would be really fun. We also maybe want to do beginner's tables as well. So if you if you want to get two tickets but your significant other doesn't play very much Arkham or you have a friend that you really want to come with you but they're just getting into Arkham, We've already had some patrons volunteer to run beginner's tables where they'll have a few basic decks, sort of straightforward decks. And again, maybe the gathering or maybe a fun scenario that you can play and stand alone. So if you want to book in time to just go and brush up on your Arkham skills or show a friend the game, that that will be a possibility. I mean, I'm thinking that the majority of players will be pretty plugged into Arkham because they will have heard about the event through us and Arkham podcast. Yeah. But maybe maybe there'll be someone you know who wants to. Who, maybe you've had the game, but you actually haven't played very much, or something like that. So that that will also be a possibility again if we have the numbers for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a few other ideas we've got bubbling away. I think, but we'll we'll sort of as we understand, we're going into this kind of blind because we don't know how many people are going to sign up. 
Yeah. Hope it's yeah. the the full complement of a hundred would be awesome. But if, if be it's really good, yeah. If it's if it's something else, you know, we'll we'll figure something out um and we'll plot our other stuff around that. Yeah. So yeah, and, and the other thing is we we're planning on meeting in the pub on the Friday evening for an informal yeah. pre event gathering. Hopefully not one interrupted by ghouls. Yeah. It's a, it's an Arkham joke there, because it's the gathering is the first scenario. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that went over my head. Yeah. And then also on the Saturday night, we're, we're planning to go to the pub as well. And what we're going to yes. try and do is gra- get our hands on some Arkham-themed party games as well, or Lovecraft-themed party games. Yeah. Essentially, we want to make it that if you come for Arkham and Flames, if you're arriving in London on the Friday afternoon for some reason, there'll be something to do on Friday evening all the way through to late afternoon on Sunday. You can There'll be things to do, apart from when you're sleeping. We'll be around. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a place where someone will be. You can hang out. You know, the other option as well is if you just want to get casual games in with people, if there's maybe people you know online but you've never met to play, if you want to get together and, and you know, bash through Carnivale or something like that, we're completely happy with people organising themselves that they want to spend the time doing things. And I suppose that's something we haven't mentioned at Arkham Knights US, they sometimes do this thing called the Iron Man, where they play an entire campaign in one day. It takes about 12 hours. Our plan, as I understand it, is not to officially try and do that for people. But if people want to do that, maybe spread it out over the two days because they just want to, that's what they want to do. We're completely cool with that as well. We're generally cool with people. We'll try and provide the structure within which people can play, but if people have things they really want to play with people they really want to play with and everyone's happy with that, we're fine with yeah, that as well. Yeah, we're providing time and space for this, right? That that was yeah. one of our, part of our mission statement was to give you space to play and give you our time to organise stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. Well, should we go back over the basics just so people can be refreshed as to what exactly we're doing? Yeah. So this is Arkham and Flames, a fan-run celebration of Arkham Horror the Card Game, organised by us. It's going to be on Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of March 2019, with a potential for a get-together casually on Friday the 8th. It's going to be in London, and our venue for the Saturday and the Sunday is Dark Sphere in Waterloo. You can get tickets, which are going to be £25, on Eventbrite. And that buys you. Buy now. Yeah, <laughs> that buys you uh, access to the venue for both the days, and a handful of uh, participation treats as well. It's it's going to be stuff specifically for this event, so uh, chances are you won't be able to get it another time. And we'll have details on what they are in the next few weeks, but they'll just be kind of little treats. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll we'll create that sign up sheet for people who've bought tickets. We'll create an FAQ about things you might want to ask about this. One thing we haven't mentioned, of course, is how much do you need to bring with you for playing? And of course, because this is fan run, we're sort of hoping people will bring decks and bring tokens and maybe bring a favorite scenario, depending on what they've signed up for. All of that stuff, we have enough time to work out closer to the time, but we'll be planning those logistics and make sure people have enough time to plan decks and know what they're bringing. So yeah, that that'll happen down the line as well. And anything else? I think that's everything. That's everything. Yeah, yeah. Really hope to see people there. I've not had a chance to meet many other Arkham players beyond the people I I directly play Arkham with. So 
I'm really excited for a chance to do that. Yeah, I think it, I have a good feeling about it. That's where I'm at. Good. I feel positive about it. The reason this episode is coming out on a Monday, which is slightly strange as well, is that we wouldn't have pulled our fingers out and cracked on with organising Arkham in Flames if we didn't really feel like the community was crying out for it. And one of the ways that we've really felt supported and encouraged by the community is through our patrons, who we mention quite a lot, but it does make a big difference for us. And it just so happens that today, the 19th of November, is Thank You Patron Day. So please, can you consider this episode, at least in a small way, our way of saying thank you to you for supporting the podcast and for encouraging us and for giving us the impetus to go ahead and organise Arkham in Flames. So hopefully it feels like it's a bit of a thank you to you guys. Yeah, thank you. And if people want to become a patron, Frank, how do they do that? They just go to www.patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame. And we're fast approaching 100 patrons. So I mean, that's, it's amazing. I'm so excited about it. Amazing. So one of the benefits you get, Frank, from being a patron of our podcast is the chance to ask us questions live on air. Mm, yeah, and we have one from a patron now, don't we? That's convenient. Hit me with it. Okay, I'll, it's got a little bit of a, a longer kind of introduction, but I think it's worth reading. Okay. So this patron, who's Glyn, says that they've been enjoying the Think on Your Feet live playthrough series. And for the purposes of storyline and continuity, I can see why so far you've avoided using standalone scenarios. And he adds that while he was playing a recent Dunwich campaign, it occurred to me that my Rex deck, which was built heavily towards dealing indirect damage, would make one particular standalone rather straightforward. Uh, I think I know which one he means. However, the dilemma I had was from was that from a storyline point of view, I had to question whether Rex would have, having finally reached his destination after a less than ideal train journey, immediately turned around and headed off to deal with a completely unrelated matter. So his question is, how often do you include standalone scenarios in your own campaign play? What affects that decision? And how much does theme play a part for you? Over to you, Peter. Wow, okay, right. So... Uh, I don't think I have ever included a standalone scenario in an ongoing campaign. Wow, really? No, I think every time I've played a standalone scenario, it has been uh, totally standalone, or as, as, a, as okay. a way of trying trying a new deck. Yeah, and, and I hadn't really thought about that until this question came in. Uh, I've sort of just taken them for granted as totally standalone experiences. That's, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, but I, I think part of it is so. There's, I think, there's a couple of reasons. There's a practical reason, and then there's a yeah, there is a thematic reason as well. I think having more than a couple of campaigns on the go for me is generally quite difficult uh, due to mm. having to meet people to play because I've got a diverse group of people I'm playing with. Yeah, yeah. Keeping up with the new releases that are coming out. And, and you know, working our way through old campaigns and things like that. That's kind of takes up a lot of time anyway. So fitting in those extra cam- those extra ones. I think if I was doing it solo, it would be better. But I don't play that much solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, yeah. I, I do have a bit of a... There's not that many points in the campaigns to fit in a jaunt to somewhere totally different. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few that you could reasonably identify, but... I. One of the reasons I like Arkham Horror the Card Game is the continuous narrative. 
Yes. So yeah. without a specific point to say, okay, you can go off and do something else, doesn't quite fit in. You look at that sort of tail end of Dunwich after you've arrived and you go straight to sleep, wake up, and then Blood on the Altar, Undimension Unseen, and Where Doom Awaits are all the same day, aren't they? It's just, you just crack on. <laughs> so it doesn't make as much sense to sort of break between them to go to New Orleans or Venice. Not in the same way. Or anyway. Egypt. Yeah. That, that, or Egypt, yeah. That makes sense to me. But, but, so I've, sorry, Frank, I've interrupted you again here. <laughs> no, go on, go on. There are some really interesting fan scenarios that, that I haven't played, which I really should, which work uh, the kind of standalone experience in quite well. I know there's one that I'm really keen to try, and I can't remember the name. It's, it's set in a hotel, and you return to the hotel between multiple games of a, of a well, multiple scenarios of a campaign. Do you know the name of that one, Frank? No, I don't know the name of that one. It sounds really good, though. Yeah. So, so th- th- that sounds that sounds really cool. I mean, I appreciate FFG and and Matt are busy designing <laughs> further cycles for us to play. And when they release standalone ones, it, it's it's like kind of a big showy one. So you can't really release a standalone which is only playable between other scenarios of a campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a, that's a tricky thing for them to have to do. But the fans have got no restrictions like that, so they can go ahead and make whatever they want. Yeah, quite right. So I have a a spot where I quite like including standalones, which is in Night of the Zealot, and that's because it's a shorter campaign. So sneaking in a standalone after the Gathering or maybe after Midnight Masks, I feel like I can sort of get away with that. It doesn't make perfect thematic sense, but from a gameplay point of view, turning that campaign into a four or five scenario campaign, I quite like. And I've actually just been doing that with some friends where we, when we meet to play, we normally play two scenarios in a sitting. So actually, if you want to play The Gathering, Midnight Masks and Devourer Below, it's nice to have a fourth scenario. That's sort of two, two game sessions sorted. So yeah, we like to fit it in there either after between one and two or between two and three. And I like that. that. That works well. I also, when I got hold of Eternal Slumber, all of my solo campaigns took a break. It was after Boundary Beyond, I think. We all went to Egypt more so I could just play that campaign uh, or that scenario rather. And that made no sense. So theme, theme had played no part in that for me. Yeah. Of a failure in that. <laughs> From a kind of mechanical point of view, I have a, a separate point, which is that both Carnivale and Rougarou can be quite hard work. Rougarou, in particular, you normally end up with a weakness, but you don't necessarily end up with the reward. So that's another thing that's maybe um, put me off diving in to play it. I really like it as a scenario, but I think it is pretty hard. And can really punish you. And that additional weakness is, yeah, really nasty. Unless I'm forgetting something, you can get rid of it. But I don't think you can. Hmm. So that, yeah, that's quite a, quite a big hit to take in a campaign. And then for Carnivale, it's weirdly the flip side. I find you can get a lot of XP in Carnivale. But the masks are not so terrific, I'd say, that I really want them they, they're interesting combo pieces as well aren't they i think there's some yes mad stuff you can pull off for them <laughs> yeah 
you can you can do really odd things with them. Like you can put they are powerful vicious, but... vicious blow into a shriveling attack for extra damage and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of weird things you can do with those. Yeah, and then uh, finally now, like Guardians of the Abyss will be a really interesting one because it's two XP to play either scenario as part of a, a campaign, but you've got two separate parts to play. I don't want to obviously spoil what goes on in them, but you're pretty heavily incentivized to play both. So you're investing four XP to make a campaign ten scenarios long. Yeah, yeah. Is, well, and, yeah. and I like that because you could do the two parts with with some separation between them, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I could. So we played the first part some weeks ago. Now, yeah, in September, and we end we, of... we yeah, end of, no beginning of September. Wasn't it? Yeah, end of August. Yeah, end of August. Yeah, and we use the standalone standalone rules. So technically, we can't go back and play the second part because we played it standalone. But I think we're gonna just assume we finished with the same. Well, we start the next one with the same experience we ended the last one at. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can't. So you can't. There's no rules for making that into like a two part campaign, but you can play them both as standalone, one after the other, which is quite weird yeah not quite got my head around it but i like it as a as an option and i love yeah i like the option of say going to egypt once at the start of dunwich and then <laughs> just before you go through the portal on sentinel hill oh yeah popping we've back got to we've finish got off business in egypt. to finish <laughs> yeah back in egypt yeah yeah that could be really fun so yeah so our our final answer is not often if at all for slightly nebulous reasons. <laughs> Thanks for your question, Glenn. <laughs> Good to give someone a really firm, decisive answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And thanks for sending in, in that question. If other patrons want to send in questions, or if you want to be one of the patrons that's our first 100 patrons, that'd be awesome. So go and take a look at www.patreon.com slash drawn to the flame. Any other podcast announcement, announcements, Peter? Yeah, just a very brief one. Um, someone who was a fairly new player and listener, actually, messaged and said can we look at putting the podcast on spotify and i'd mm-hmm. avoided doing it or even investigating it for some time because i figured it was really complicated even though i think a couple of other people have asked as it turns out yeah. it was pretty straightforward to do so the podcast is now on spotify so that's quite convenient for a lot of people i realize and mm-hmm. uh, maybe some people didn't even realize you could listen to podcasts on spotify you can mm-hmm. and now you can listen yeah. to ours there as well uh, and if you go and follow us i'm sure that'll that'll bump us up the front on the front page as well so yeah if you're one of those people who loves to listen to every episode at least twice but hates having to re-download it on your itunes or android app now you can listen to it once on spotify and once on your app of choice delightful yes great (laughs) um check out our arkham in flames eventbrite think about getting a ticket really hope to see you there thank you so much and yeah Speak soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. So what is Arkham in Frames? Oh, Christ, Frames? <laughs>